Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and today we are here to talk about what else? That's right, the newest iteration of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's all we have for this episode, so let's jump right in. The film is titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem from Paramount Pictures. It stars the voices of Micah Abbey, Shaman Brown Jr., Nicholas Cantu, and Brady Noon as the titular team, alongside a supporting cast that includes Hannibal Buress, Rose Byrne, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Natasha Dimitriou, Ayo Edabiri, Giancarlo Esposito, Post Malone, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, and Maya Rudolph. It is directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears, written by Rowe, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Dan Hernandez, Benji Samet, and Brendan O'Brien, and based on characters by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. The music is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. It runs 100 minutes, and it is PG for sequences of violence, action, language, and impolite material, which made me chuckle when I first saw that on the IMDb page. What's it about? After years of being sheltered from the human world, the four Turtle Brothers set out on a quest to be accepted as normal teenagers by the people of New York City through acts of heroism. With the aid of their new friend April O'Neil, the brothers go on a hunt for a mysterious crime syndicate. Trouble arises when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Now let's get something important out of the way right off the bat. Who is the best Turtle? This is a debate that you've no doubt had with your friends, your family, probably many times over the course of your life. At least for people who are my age who grew up in the 80s and the 90s with TMNT. For me, it's Donatello. Donatello is the smartest of the group. Donatello is the brains. He is the one that, in my opinion, holds everything together. He's the glue. I don't care what anyone else says. You can fight me. This guy is what it's all about. Donatello. Each of the turtles is depicted here wonderfully. Their personalities are exactly what they're supposed to be. So Donatello, as I'm saying, he is shown to be a smart turtle. Raphael has his rage issues. Michelangelo is chill and just wants to have fun. And Leonardo is trying his best to be a leader and the older brother role but he's having to grow into it because the other turtles sort of resent him and find him to be a little bit of a stick in the mud. The movie is full of fun references and Easter eggs, my favorite of which is that the high school is called Eastman High. I'm not sure if that's comic book accurate, but Eastman is the last name of one of the two creators of the turtles. There was also something called Laird, before they introduced Eastman High into this film, but I didn't catch it and I don't remember exactly what it was. But both creators have their names represented somewhere in the products or the world of this new movie, and I appreciated that. It is a different origin story, though, for some of the characters, Baxter Stockman in particular, and some of the other mutants that are part of his crew. So if you already go into this with an expectation of what you think Baxter Stockman is going to be like, and the villain Superfly, who is in the trailers, so that's not a spoiler, 
you might be a little surprised. I was mildly okay with it. Partially worked, partially didn't. Maybe we'll get into that here in a bit. The biggest draw of this film for me, outside of just having another version of the Turtles, which is always a fun thing, is the uniqueness of this art style. It is absolutely sick. Reminds me of the Mitchells versus the Machines, and to some extent, parts of the Spider-Verse franchise as well feel like an inspiration to what they were going for here. It's not crisp and bright like a lot of Disney, Pixar, or Illumination films are, but rather it has this hand-drawn and stop-motion feel to it at times. It reminds you of what it looks like when you're a kid sketching your favorite characters on a notebook during an elementary school class that you're not paying attention to. And that's perfect. I think that is a wonderful vibe to go with and an approach to kind of reinvigorate what the Turtles can be after some divisive live action films that came a few years ago. This does feel like a real reboot. The lingo is modernized for today's teenagers, and they actually act like kids. That is something else that is really, really cool about this, is there's no bones about the fact that they are in high school, and they talk like it, they act like it, they are juvenile at times, but even the juvenile humor didn't bother me. It wasn't overly vulgar or gross or anything like that. There is definitely frequent pop culture referencing going on, but again, that fits the mold of what teenagers today are into and how they would talk. Mixed in with that, there are some fun nods to the past, some of the previous movies in the Turtles franchise as well, and a pretty fun soundtrack alongside this uh, just incredibly wonderful score by Reznor and Ross that works really well uh, from a energy and propulsive standpoint uh, the soundtrack kind of bridges the gap over different eras you've got songs from when i grew up back in the 80s and 90s or i guess the 90s in particular uh, and then you you have some more modern stuff that is referenced as well i think that this works really well to re truly bring the turtles into a new generation uh, it, it feels like they belong in 2023, and it feels like they could have just gotten their start versus taking something from the 80s and transporting it and having it feel a little awkward and out of place. The jokes, I mean, honestly, it, it really is just hilarious. I don't know that I've laughed out loud as much as I did in a theater as I did watching this movie, and everyone around me was also uh, laughing out loud as well, so it, it is a lot of fun. Story-wise, it's solid. You know, the Turtles and the villain both want to be accepted, and it's kind of about the different approaches that they take to obtaining that. Splinter here is an overprotective father. He is perfectly voiced by Jackie Chan, just a wonderful, wonderful piece of casting there. The Turtles have never met anyone like the other mutants, uh, no one else like themselves. They also haven't met any humans, and so... They are just out there secretly going around the world from time to time wanting to be a part of it. You know, it's kind of like Ariel wanting to go up to the surface. They just want to go to high school. Honestly, that's their goal. And is that so much to ask? Like, it's a pretty simple dream, you would think. 
but they have to contend with the world's view of them. And of course, that is what Splinter is trying to protect them from. Uh, it works here. April, they run into her. She has her own arc as well about being accepted. She wants to become a journalist, uh, but she's had some issues in her past. And again, turtle personalities are depicted as they typically are here. So Leo is definitely trying to riz her up. <laughs> there is also an antagonist uh, aside from the mutants in this film, who is known as Cynthia Utram. She is the head of a militarized scientific research organization. I really don't know how else to put it. It's called TCRI, and her goal is to obtain the mutation power for their own nefarious purposes. We're not entirely sure exactly what they want to do. They want to make their own mutants, but we don't know why. Uh, this group has been depicted in TMNT lore before, and while I didn't particularly think their inclusion here was the strongest effort, I am glad that they're in this world because what they're building to expands where the stories could go. The action here is absolutely awesome. It's dynamic and exciting. It's fast-paced. It's edge-of-your-seat type of stuff. It is a little bit too chaotic at times with too many mutants. I might have liked slightly slowed down pace to dive a little more into the story, but it is a kid's movie, and this is an apt title, the word mayhem being there, to be used because that's what it feels like a lot of the time. There are so many mutants. Uh, some a bit are underused for my taste, Rocksteady and Bebop in particularly. I didn't necessarily love how... They're used in this film. I'm hoping that they get a little bit more of a spotlight once this thing keeps going on later. Some of the mutants felt completely unnecessary and superfluous to the story, and I was shocked to find out who voiced them because there are some well-known actors and actresses that are playing these mutants, and you never would have guessed it because they don't even really have any voice lines, maybe one or two. And then there's Mondo Gecko, <laughs> voiced by Paul Rudd, who absolutely steals the show he develops a pretty fun friendship with Mikey, and it is hilarious. There is a mid-credits teaser that you're going to want to stick around for. The knowledge is out there that they're working on a sequel film, yes, and two seasons of a TV series, the first of which will supposedly bridge the gap between the two films. I'm here for it. I think that that is why they got non-famous and actual teenagers to voice the Turtles so that they could grow with the property and essentially not price them out of being able to have continuity by doing a TV show. Because if they had done very, very well-known actors, they weren't going to be able to get those folks back in to do multiple seasons of a TV show without an incredibly, incredibly hard effort. So I think that they approached this correctly. They got cameos and supporting characters to be voiced by some people that we're going to know and love. And then these turtle voices are really, really good. I appreciated all of them, and I'm super excited for this. I want to watch it as soon as it drops. This is the next turtle series. It's going to be a hit, in my opinion, and I think that pretty much everybody is going to love this film. If you are older and you grew up with the turtles like I did from the, uh, the first time around, you may struggle somewhat simply because the dialogue is just not going to be something you're used to, primarily if you don't have kids. If you have teenagers at any point in the last maybe five, six, seven, eight years, 
you're going to understand what this movie is trying to accomplish, and you're going to respect the fact that it does very, very well. TMNT Mutant Nahum will be available in theaters on August the 2nd. Well, that's it for this episode of the Feelin' Film podcast and YouTube now. Thank you for listening or watching. And if you've enjoyed the film that I've talked about, please let me know. You can hit that like and subscribe button on the YouTube page. You can subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Please find us on social media. All of our channels are listed in the show notes of each and every episode, and I love to chat. So come find me. Let's talk. Tell me what you think when you see it, and we'll go from there. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Share the channel and the show with friends and families and others that you think might enjoy it and bring them into the Feel and Film family. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling film.